You're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. You'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. In each episode, you'll hear about the market opportunities and trends driving the industry forward. TechNest is proudly produced by Finn Ledger in partnership with HW Media. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. All right, we're going to jump right to it. I've got an experienced finance and prop tech leader on the show here for you guys. Previously in you know banking, private equity, moved on to a prop tech company called Buildium. Maybe you've heard of them. And now leading a company called Gravy. One of the co-founders, well done. His title at Gravy is CGO, and I'll let you go ahead and guess what G stands for, although we do talk about it in the episode. Think about this first. There's 100 million renters in the United States. Many of them want to buy a house, maybe don't know where to go, how to get started, how to save, what they need for their credit, and that's really what ultimately what Gravy is out to solve. Gravy is a mobile app that helps renters do that, and we talk about that too, why Gravy went so hard into being mobile first with a iOS and Android application. You know, the idea is that buying a home is confusing and complicated. It sometimes has a long lead time and it can also be very expensive for real estate agents to follow up that first time home buyer. And Gravy solves for that problem too. I really like the go-to-market strategy that Will shares with us that what Gravy is doing and some of the unique pieces of the app and what they're creating. Imagine 5% back on every month you pay in rent and there's no fee to to pay into this, doesn't change anything you're doing with your landlord. It's quite amazing how they're pulling this off. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump right to it. Hey, Will, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, how are you, man? Good, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks for having me. Yeah, I know uh, we we had a chance to connect here a little bit beforehand. You're up in the far northeast New England region. Right outside of Boston. Outside Boston. Yeah. You're like, it's about to get snowy and cold here. And I was like, yeah, I, I know that. I am hailing hailing from a, a new term that I'm going to run with from now on, the Silicon Prairie. Uh, thank you, Ray, at Property Mail for giving me that term to run with. The only other prop tech based out here in South Dakota. Well, anyway, um, hey, I think, I think we got a good conversation here. Uh, and this is a, something that I've talked with friends with and I've seen a few different products come on the market here and there tackling this area. So I'm excited to get into the details of what you guys are building. So without me ruining it, please go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Hey, thanks, Nate. Uh, my name's Will Dunn. I'm one of the co-founders of Gravy. Gravy is a super app for first time home buyers. So we want to be your first step towards home ownership as a renter who aspires to own a home at some point in the future. And then every step from there through to getting the keys to your first house. There's a bunch of things that, that kind of come with that journey that we can get into, but that's the mission here. We wanna help renters buy their first home better, faster, smarter, and save a bunch of money while they're at it. Very cool. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna pull back the zoom lens just a little bit, kind of paint a little picture because I noticed right off the bat, 
uh, when I was preparing for this interview, a little bit about your history. And this is so cool because a lot of times we get founders who are like, ah, you know, I was in college and I was working on this thing or like I was in legal and I hated it. So I went and looked at something else to get out of that and get more into real estate. But you're kind of like, I mean, you're coming from PropTech, very uh, reputable, known PropTech, and bring in some new age to it. So talk to me a little bit about your history, your career track that has kind of led up to starting Gravy. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of both of those. I started my career in tech investment banking and then tech private equity. And after you know a handful of years, I said, man, I should probably go work at a company that makes something and does something. And, and, uh, and so I joined a business in Boston called Buildium, uh, essentially met the, the management team and co-founders and was like, these people are awesome. I need to be a part of what they're doing. I can't honestly say that prop tech was the thing that made me join Buildium. It was the people. And then I fell in love thereafter with the space and the, the folks that, that play in it. So um, joined Buildium, what must be like seven or eight years ago now. Um, Buildium, for those who don't know, similar to Avail in many ways uh, for longtime listeners here. Um, it is vertical SaaS for professional property managers. Our slice of the world were those managers with 20 units under management up to 1,000. So, you know, not the gray stars of the world, but also not the person who was managing the, the unit in the basement either, somewhere in between. And the software did everything from accounting at the core to helping you find new tenants, screening, renter's insurance, electronic leasing, rental payments, you name it. Um, so I headed up the finance team there for a little while. Uh, and... That's actually how I met my now co-founders at Gravy, Jeff and Jimmy, um, who are both in Missouri. So you don't get the Midwest uh, charm from the Gravy team today. I apologize in advance. Um, but Jeff and Jimmy started a uh, native mobile app for renters to help them better communicate and coordinate with their property manager. Buildium said, hey, I think that's something our customers, the property managers could really benefit from. We know that mobile and native is the way of the future. And we ultimately acquired their startup. Um, and that became our consumer focused group within Buildium. I moved out of uh, the finance world, um, hopefully for good, put that hat on the shelf and um, partnered with Jeff and Jimmy at Buildium uh, as kind of the three um, Amigos leading our, our consumer strategy. So anything that touched the tenant at the end of the day was something that we focused a lot on. Um, and I promise I'm, I'm getting to where Gravy came from here shortly. Um, and, and it really was born out of building software for renters, being shoulder to shoulder with rentals, with renters, understanding what they wanted and what their problems were. And it, it really became evident that almost every renter wants to stop renting someday. That doesn't necessarily mean it's tomorrow or next week, but if you look at the stats, 90% of renters aspire to own their own home at some point in the future. And we said, hey, that's a really meaningful problem that you know we know how to build software to solve. 
Uh, and that became kind of the first uh, glimmer of this concept of building a better bridge from renting to owning. And, and from there, a whole a bunch of things kind of took root that led us to where we're at today. But that's kind of my journey, you know, from finance into prop tech and then ultimately uh, sort of jumping from the rental world into the, the home ownership and home buying space. Now, I, I know you're, you're listed as one of the co-founders, but your, your title, got to break down the title. I'm notorious. Say that again. We got to break down the title. Yeah. So the title is CGO, which is basically another way of saying I couldn't figure out what I wanted my title to be, but I didn't want it to be COO or CRO. So in this case, the G stands for growth. Um, it it's a long, it's the the latest in a long list of terrible titles that I have on my LinkedIn bio that uh, are impossible to understand and describe precisely none of what I actually do. Um, but my role at Gravy, I'm the CGO. I help um, with a whole bunch of things as any you know founder or early stage startup employee would. Um, but that includes um, marketing sort of member acquisition, uh, partnerships, corp dev, finance, ops, and then uh, a lot of input on product and strategy and business model from there. So I'm running out of fingers pretty quickly, but... Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, for those who can't <laughs> see the number of fingers Will's holding up, we're talking like the standard co-founder uh, job description, which is genuinely somewhere between 10 and 20 different actual jobs that you're somehow splitting between very long days, you know. Um, <laughs> I really thought you were just going to run with it and say chief gravy officer. Oh, I mean, I don't know. What a missed opportunity. That just sounds, right? I mean, it, it's it's served up right there. I mean, there it is again. It's served up. I mean, anyway, um, I'll let you think about that. I want to want to ask you, I'm, I'm curious, you know, from your experience, right, what were some of the key learnings at your, your time at Billium, you were on the consumer side, so you were seeing how things were working. What were some of the the key moments or learnings where you're like, there's got to be a better way, or who's doing, who's who's working in this area? Because I'm assuming that's where some of the light bulbs started going off that became gravy. Yeah, so you know that first light bulb was really understanding that homeownership is a goal that almost every renter shares. The next was you get almost nothing back for your rent each month other than your apartment, of course, but you're not paying for it with a credit card. You don't get any points. Um, it's your biggest expense every month. It only goes up and to the right uh, from a cost perspective year over year. And, and depending on which of the, the Jeff, Jimmy, or myself uh, co-founders you ask, you know, Gravy was originally intended to be a rewards um, startup for renters. And then we quickly learned, hey, what is the ultimate reward? It's actually homeownership. It's not being a renter forever. Uh, and so that's where we kind of keyed in on this idea of, hey, let's use rent as a tool actually to help people think more proactively about homeownership and prepare to buy their house earlier than they otherwise might have. And so one of the key um, components of the Gravy platform is what we call Gravy Rewards. And the most practical example is we'll give you 5% back on your rent every month, which you can redeem towards your future home purchase. So you can legitimately save thousands of dollars on your future home purchase when you buy within our network of lenders and agents. 
Um, and in that way, it does exactly what I described. It makes people all of a sudden say, hey, my rent can actually start to work for me. I know I wanna buy a house at some point in the future. Let me start earning these rewards that I can redeem down the road when I buy. And then from there, we have a savings account that's pur purpose-built for your down payment. So you start chipping away at the down payment and earning rewards for savings. We have an entire credit uh, suite that is focused on the mortgage credit score that lenders are required to use, which is different than all of the other scores that you see everywhere else. And so now you're thinking about building and optimizing your credit. There's a bunch of education in the platform. And before you know it, you've got thousands of dollars in rewards. Your down payment is ready to rock and roll. Your credit's in great shape. We'll connect you with an amazing lender and an amazing agent to redeem your rewards, but more importantly, to help you find and finance your house. And that's kind of the, the model. And it was really born out of rent's expensive and it's not working for you as much as it should. Let's solve it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and this is a topic that, you know, look, I've been a renter for a long time. And, you know, we're, again, homeowners. That's kind of a weird way to put it. But, you know, for now, and then who knows what we'll do. Um, but th there is a, a feeling of like, man, it's just like, I'm stuck in this again. And I even remember the first house I bought where it was, you know... <laughs> And I should be better at this. I I'd twice gone through lease renewal where I was like down to like 10 days and didn't have a prospect in a town with a sub 1% vacancy rate. Like that's a bad situation. I literally like talked to one of our C-level executives. I was like, hey, look, if I lived at the office, how bad is that? Because we had showers. We had a kitchen. I was like, I don't even need half the stuff. I'll just sell everything, put the rest of it in the back of my Volkswagen Beetle and call it good. Like I'm, I'm you know, I don't need anything. And it turns out uh, he was not uh, was not uh, positive on that idea. <laughs> so, but you know, I remember I got, I got the notice from my landlord that like, hey, uh, the city ordinances have changed and it's no longer legal for us to have this many bedrooms split in this. It was like an old Victorian. I was renting a, a bedroom fully furnished. Again, I didn't own anything. So, and she was like, I'm sorry, but you like you guys can't rent here for next month. Or like the next like forty like forty five days or something like that. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm buying a house because I'm tired of this. Like that was that was what kicked it into gear, and I was like under contract in a week or something like that. It was pretty fast, you know. And it was good that I was somewhat thinking in in, in that track from the last experience. I was like, I gotta find a way there, but I was just lacking a way there. So let's let's kind of like walk through this in a very practical way. All right, so the renter. I'm a renter. I came, I came across gravy because I'm like, man, I got to get out of this. I got to get out off the wheel here. How does it work? Do I have to go through the app? Is it through the website? And, and walk me through like how I arrange this with my landlord and that, that sort of thing. Yeah, so it is all through the app. Um, so you download the app, Apple App Store, Google Play Store, and the setup is really easy. Um, we actually don't, need to talk to your landlord at all. So from our days at Buildium, it was pretty apparent to us that rental payments and the, um, the webs of property management software systems are really complex and we didn't want to deal with it. Uh, we also want Gravy to work out of the box for 100% of renters in the US, regardless of which state you live in, 
who you pay your rent to, how you pay your rent, or where you want to buy. So out of the box, we work for every renter that aspires to buy a house at some point in the future. It's super easy to set up. You tell us five or 10 things about your lease, um, where you live, when you pay, how much it is. We ask a few other things to kind of verify that rent and the payments over time. But that's what we use to give you 5% back and turn on gravy rewards. We are not uh, plugging into your landlord or requiring you to change how you pay your rent. You keep paying however you do today. You can still use us when you move across town and you have a different landlord that has a different software. Um, we are uh, centric to the renter, not the property manager and not the property. We care about you, the human who wants to buy a house at some point in the future. And so we're a tool for you and, and not for those other. So, um, so they pay they pay gravy. And what's the gravy do? You send a check to the landlord? No, you pay your rent however you do today. Okay. So if that's cash, check, through Buildium, through Avail, through some other service, oh. you just tell us a bunch of information about that payment and your lease, uh -huh. and we use that to trigger your rewards. So how is the is the tenant paying you? Is you're not So you're not getting any money from the tenant. There's no cost from the tenant to do this, or is there? For To turn on Gravy Rewards, no. Free, okay. you can set it up in 60 seconds and start getting 5% back on your rent. Now, to be clear, those aren't rewards that you can go to Starbucks with. Mm -hmm. Those are rewards that will save you thousands of dollars on your home purchase, but you can't redeem them until you actually buy a house within mm -hmm. our network of lenders and agents. There we go. So, okay. So, so it, basically, it's like, hey, look, I'm going to, I want the Gravy Rewards here. I signed up for an account now, but I'm not going to buy a house for two years. And so over the next two years, I make on-time rent payments. I'm, you know, I'm keeping my credit where it's at. And now I'm ready to buy a house. I go back to Gravy. And I'm like, hey, Gravy. So I've been banking with you guys. And it, does it function as like a, a discount towards the purchase? Or is it more like a credit back? Yeah, so there's two flavors. The 5% the back on rent flavor we call closing cash. We mm -hmm. redeem that with our lender partners. It's a credit on the closing costs of your mortgage. So yep. it reduces the amount of funds that you need to bring to the closing table, which can mean that you can buy much sooner than you otherwise would have been able to buy. Um, and it's up to 1% of the loan amount. So $250,000 house, you can save 2,500 bucks. Hey. It's more than you can save almost anywhere else. It's extremely lucrative. Wow. It saves first-time homebuyers, lots of money. It's really amazing. But they could, they could take that extra money and probably buy down the rate, which might be a good strategy right now. Yeah, whatever you want. You can move it to your down payment. You can buy down the rate. You can yep. buy a new couch when you move into your house with the money that you saved. Um, it's totally... Well, we're in a market now where you can negotiate the couch that's already there. So let's... Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that's flavor number one, closing cash, redeem it with our lenders. That's where the 5% on rent comes from. You also can earn a home buyer bonus, which is a all or nothing that if you work with one of our amazing real estate agent partners, and we have partners across the country and every zip, um, who specialize in working with first time home buyers. If you work with one of them, not only will you get the best service, but they'll share, share some of their commission with you. So um, think $250,000 house, you get a $1,200 check in the mail a couple weeks after you move in. 
you can spend that on whatever you want. But the point here being our partners are just as bought into the mission of helping first-time homebuyers succeed as we are. They put their money where their mouth is in the form of reducing their compensation um, by putting more money in your pocket as the consumer, whether it's a credit on your closing costs or a, a check that comes after you buy. Yeah, first-time homebuyers are, it, it's an interesting group, I think of. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think back to my days as a realtor and I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to work with them. And mostly because I wasn't in a one, I was a new agent. So like I could meet one and it was like, cool. So if I'm still doing this business five years from now, I'll talk to you again, <laughs> very long lead time. But that actually also makes a ton of sense. Like, okay, first time homebuyer can express interest in buying, but it's not unusual for that to be an 18 month to 24 month lead time for that that buyer. And so really doing a kind of like a good service to the agents of like having some level of like keeping in contact with reminding them, like giving them, a, I'm assuming there's like some level of like, hey, this is the balance on your rewards account. You know, here's some things you may not know about the market or here's what's happening that's counting, keeping them. What is some of the feedback you've received then from agents and your lender partners about preparedness of these first-time home buyers that have gone through the Gravy Rewards program. Yeah, so I think you're hitting on a really important point here with your own personal experience. What we have found and heard often from our partners is something along the lines of, I love it when an aspiring home buyer knocks on my door with a 700 credit score, their down payment in the bank, and they want to buy something in the next three weeks. Uh, it still may be hard depending on the market that you're in, but like that's what agents and lenders are set up to do and they're amazing at it. Unfortunately, you know, hearkening back to our time at Buildium, what we learned from renters, a lot of renters don't even know what their credit score is. Many have no savings at all and are not in the market to buy a house right now. Uh, and so what we heard loud and clear from our agent and lender partners is, we're actually in front of these aspiring home buyers all the time, but we don't have great tools and we oftentimes don't have the time to really help them if they're not ready to go here and now. And so that's that was honestly the final thing that made me say, hey, we got to build a company. This solution deserves to exist. Almost all of the hard work that a first time home buyer does happens before they go and tour their first home. That's saving the down payment, building their credit, learning about the process. Um, so we actually now are a great tool for lenders and agents. They send us their clients. We nurture and incubate those aspiring home buyers on their behalf. And so we'll put their name and their face and their logo in the app. And they're really a, a, a partner for the aspiring home buyer every step of the journey. And it now changes the conversation from, hey, come back once you've saved a down payment or you've improved your credit to, hey, you're not ready to buy right now? Awesome. I've got a great tool for you. It's called Gravy. Set it up, earn rewards, work on your savings, credit, education. When you're ready to go house hunting, I'm here for you. And oh, by the way, I want you to succeed and I'm going to split my commission with you. So like that's me putting skin in the game. 
I'm here to help. And we enable them to really do that at scale um, for the first time home buyer audience, which it's a third of the home buying market is first time home I was buyers. gonna say that's the right now, that's the bucket of buyers. It's basically renters who are fed up with renting are the only people who are buying now because they're not they don't have the golden handcuffs of you know a three percent mortgage. So they're a blessing and a they're, curse. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones who are in the market right now. And for the forward-looking agents and lenders, first-time home buyers represent just the first step in a potentially multi-decade relationship where you buy your starter home. Seven years later, you buy your you know, dream home, and then maybe you buy a vacation home you know, 15 years thereafter, people move. Um, and so today's first-time home buyer is the entirety of the home buying and selling market if you look 20 years into the future. And so the folks that, that kind of understand that this is the top of funnel, and if you get in early and, and provide great service, you can win for a long time to come. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. All, uh, I appreciate all those, um, all that details. I'm curious about the agent piece here. So, if, if so let's say I'm a real estate agent, right? And I'm doing an open house, which is a very common way to meet a first time home buyer. They're walking through the neighborhood. They saw a sign. Eh, why not? I'll swing through. Uh, they come through and they're like, you know, to be honest, I'm not really sure I want to move yet. I got six months left on my lease, but we've been thinking about it. And I, I honestly don't even know where to start. And the agent says, well, actually, gravy is a great tool. You know, this is how it works. So if the agent, you know, refers the buyer, are they now assigned, like the rewards, are they assigned back to that agent? That's exactly right. Yep. So then gravy, uh, this is beautiful, because now gravy is kind of like an addition to your arsenal as a, as, a, as a real estate agent. You now have a really great tool that becomes part of your team. And the cost of just following up, even if you have a great CRM, even if you have a, an ISA or someone else part of your, your brokerage team to even work buyer leads, you know, as an established agent, maybe you're on the, the listing side and you've got a buyer's agent, but it's still expensive to follow up and to keep in touch with and, you know, how many points of contact throughout the year where at least now there's a material reason, very real reason for that person to go back to that agent because... They've been building rewards since they since they you know initiated that contact. Yeah, and it just enables an entirely different conversation that before uh, a lot of times an agent would be trying to disqualify someone almost to see if it is worth their time to um, help them because it's you know can you can you buy in the next three months and if so like I'm I'm here for you. Now it's a much more, hey, like you're obviously at this open house because you want to buy something someday in the future. And if you're ready to buy right now, like let's go. If you're not, I've got this amazing tool for you that'll help you. And I'm here when you're ready to go, um, which is interesting. You know, I learned this after uh, we started Gravy, but something like four out of five people just go with the first agent that they talk to. Same thing on the lender side, um, which is a little bonkers for me. And I'll be even more honest, I did this myself. So like I, I should understand the, the customer persona a little bit better. Um, We're irrational uh, beings. Yeah, well. I, I guess so. Um, but 
almost all agents get paid the exact same thing. So like you should spend the time to find the best service provider because it is going to pay for itself over and over again. And the amount of kind of economic share that they're getting is going to be the same, whether it's the best agent or the worst by and large, same thing with lenders in many cases. And so for us, we help our agent and lender partners be the first person to make an impression because now they actually can make the math work to go talk to someone that lives in a large multifamily building but may not buy for three years. Now all of a sudden the economics are there to spend time with that population and sort of build that top of funnel at scale, which Gravy can help with. You're now making not only the first impression, which as we just said, wins four out of five times just by virtue of the fact of being first, but you're also making an amazing first impression because you're not giving the hard sell on here's why you should buy right now and renting is terrible. Renting is great for a lot of people. Um, it gives you the toolkit to say, perfect, I'm here on your timeline when you're ready, I wanna help, let's do it, uh, which changes the conversation in a really meaningful way. For what it's worth, um, the only reason I was exception to the uh, rule of just working with the first agent you met is because none of them told me that they were my real estate agent. So I just kept working with more real estate agents. <laughs> but I didn't know the rules, man. No one told me, you know. Um, let me ask you this. What's uh, I want to kind of shift a little bit and kind of talk a little bit about distribution. I mean, I know that you're familiar with channel partnerships, but as a new product and, you know, trying to break in, uh, you know, that can be really tough. So what's been some, what's been some of the key strategies that you've found that's been most effective to getting this product in the hands and in front of renters? Yeah, I would highlight two. Um, so the first is what we really just talked about. Let's partner with the best agents and lenders out there that love first time home buyers and want to work with more of them. And by doing that, we get to help them win more business and help more people. Um, so that's one channel. They're already spending a lot of time in front of first-time home buyers. They're just not super effective at converting that into closed homes, uh, if you will. So that's those are two channels that are we're, are kind of taking off right now. Like we're, we're launching dozens of agents and lenders every week at this point who see this as an amazing nurture tool to tap into that first time home buyer market. So that's one. Uh, the second is really referrals. So our ideal customer, their roommate is also our ideal customer and all of their friends are our ideal customers because they're all at the same life stage. And we have gravy rewards as a tool to help encourage you to share gravy with your roommate and them to share that with their sister and their sister to share it with their friends. Um, and so that kind of um, network or viral growth and, and I hesitate to use the word viral because you know that's not what I know the shape what you of mean the curves by that. look you, like. You quite literally mean like if one person uses the app, what how many of one person or more will they refer the app to not necessarily like viral kitty cat videos. That's exactly right. So, so those are our two um, kind of most powerful channels. I would say we certainly have a healthy mix of um, social media, advertising, Facebook, Instagram. It's really compelling to tell the story of 
make your rent work for you. How does 5% back on rent redeem it towards your future home purchase? How does that sound? It's free, it's easy, it's a beautiful app experience. That's a really compelling um, top of funnel. So uh, we, we have a few different kind of go-to-market strategies there, some partner rela- related, some paid candidly, and, and then some are uh, referral. As my specialty is paid advertising, I, I, I'm not embarrassed by it. You shouldn't have to be. We don't have to talk down on the paid, man. <laughs> um, let, let's, I want to talk a little bit about this because I think this is actually interesting in prop tech. You guys really went mobile first, hard, mobile first. I mean, it's very front and center. Yeah, there's a website and it's cool, but like giant CTAs, right? Get the app. Walk me through why. Yeah, so it's interesting, you know, flashback five years ago at Buildium, there was a really healthy debate for why would we ever create a native mobile app for renters? Like a, a web view is just fine. They've got a web portal. And as soon as we rolled it out, it was just like extremely obvious why native made much more sense. One, it's exactly where people are. They're on their phone. But two, from a functionality perspective and ease of use, it's just night and day versus what kind of a embedded web view can look and feel like. Um, and that was at Gravy where trust was really already established with our user, the renter, because their property manager said, hey, you've got to use this tool. It's even more important for us at Gravy um, because we're essentially saying, hey, save up more money than you've ever had to save for your down payment for your first home purchase. Let's talk about your credit score. You know, tell us about you know, your dreams and aspirations of buying a home. And oh, by the way, we're probably an app that you've never heard of. And so trust starts at zero and it climbs pretty dramatically once you open the app and you're like, whoa, this actually looks like someone spent $100 million building it and it just sparkles, um, which is a little harder to quantify and I'm the numbers guy on the team, um, but goes a really long way from a trust and engagement and adoption perspective, having everything just beautiful, native, mobile. And that was you know, five years ago, two years ago. Now it's just table stakes. Everything is, needs to be native and mobile in consumer fintech to, um, to be considered kind of average, uh, I would honestly say at this point. So, um, so for us, it's always been native mobile. Um, we were probably a little bit ahead of the curve at Buildium on that, um, but we're, you know, we're not looking back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, right, cell phone usage is, is rather ubiquitous to all demographics and, and classes and, you know, anybody, you know, and so the idea of like being mobile first, especially to two of the largest current generations, especially the largest lion share of renting millennial and, and Z, is it Z? Z after millennials? I don't know. I was hoping you Gen Z. Yeah, it's Gen Z. <laughs> it's either X, Y, or Z. Who knows? I just had a moment. <laughs> I was like, oh my those, gosh. So. <laughs> like, what What do they call them kids these days? Because I'm on the higher end of millennial where I don't actually relate or understand younger millennials. Um, but that's a whole other discussion. 
but I mean, it, yeah, it just makes right. It's, it's a ton of sense. It's, it's native. It feels normal. This is, I mean, you know, I don't have a Chase Bank anywhere near me. And I know anyone who's listening to this is like, Nate, you live in South Dakota. I understand. I get it. Right. But I don't have to go to a Chase Bank anymore. My Chase Bank is right on my desk right here. It, I open up my phone. The few checks I get every month, I screen them or, or you know, use a little, little app goes to my accounts. Hey, we're, we're solid. Right. So, you know, it just, it feels very natural that that's how it would be. And you had to, how you'd access it. Um, I want to, want to kind of talk a little bit about the market kind of, there's been a lot of macro trends, a lot of different changes the last few years. We've seen, we've seen it go from everything on the market was available initial lockdown status. Then we saw nothing was available, record vacancy rates or, or occupancy rates, record rates of rent increase. We saw record bidding wars, even on rentals, uh, in, in usually in like your metro areas and downtown areas, you know, luxury buildings outperforming pro formas two and three years in advance to suddenly grinding halt a Fed that has taken things way farther, admittedly, I uh, was a doubter, than I think most people thought possible. We're seeing transactions on an annualized basis just crumble uh, in, in the for sale market. So all that being said, why is now the time to be building gravy? Yeah, it um, for me is the the perfect time to be solving for this. So to take one step back, the the stat that I always think about when it comes to why we do what we do, the median net worth of a renter in this country is 6,000 bucks. The median net worth of a homeowner in this country is 250,000 bucks. It's a 40X delta and homeownership rates are not created equal when you look at it by race or any other kind of dimension that you split it apart. Um, so the problem has never been more acute and it has been exacerbated by a lot of the recent events. Affordability is at all time lows. It is so hard out there for first time home buyers in particular to buy a house. So why does that mean that gravy needs to exist. We think mortgages are actually a great tool. Like I know there's tons of fractional ownership and this, that, and the other thing. Mortgages are pretty amazing. You can put 3% down, split it up over 30 years, get into an asset that has historically grown at 5% plus a year. It's how the majority of Americans build wealth. Um, they're pretty awesome. But no one is taught in high school or college how to open a bank account, let alone get a mortgage. And so for us, the ability to provide a better pathway to homeownership has never been more important. And with that better pathway comes lower costs for consumers. Think of rewards, but also um, better uh, equipment to save a down payment, which means you can um, perhaps be successful in a competitive market like this when otherwise you might not have been able to. Same thing with credit scores. So the gravy home buyer right now is better equipped than any other first-time home buyer to win in today's market. 
They know what they're doing from a savings perspective, from a credit perspective, from an education standpoint. They've got the best agents and the best lenders on their teams, and they are ready to buy on their own timelines. All of that being said, I can't solve for housing supply, unfortunately. I can't make mortgages come down from 7%, but we're the best toolkit for aspiring home buyers that puts you in the best spot to win regardless of the market, including today. But that'll really come to fruition as affordability improves over time, which I am very hopeful that it will as supply comes online and mortgages come down. Um, but that's why we need gravy. We are sort of the, the self-driving path towards home ownership that no one learned about in high school or college. Um, layer in a whole bunch of rewards to save you a lot of money and it becomes a pretty powerful equation for aspiring home buyers at a time when they need help more than ever and there aren't many tools or things out there that are targeted at this problem yeah yeah you kind of mentioned the uh as inventory comes online so i got to give a shout out real quick to mike simonson do you i don't know if you follow mike on uh twitter are you on twitter i'm not um, oh my gosh we're gonna we're going to go down. This is, I, I'm sorry, but I, I beat up like every co-founder now and, and CEO comes to the show that's not on Twitter. Cause it's Please, just, beat away. That your customer is there. But, but Mike publishes a great, uh, every Monday publishes a, a report on residential real estate. So I, and I, I watched his yesterday and inventory just climbed. <laughs> inventory just went up week over week, 1%. I'm like, in October, when does that happen? But we're, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I think you're kind of hitting on a head. Like, yeah, maybe it doesn't seem like the obvious move, but like if if now things are in flux, if people are going to reevaluate their tool sets, reevaluate the pathway to how they get to home ownership, reevaluate how best to work with uh, first-time home buyers, this might be the perfect time to think of something that's a little bit outside the box. It's a little bit of a different path, but that's what uncertainty drives. It drives new patterns. It drives new habits uh, and this could be a really good opportune time to you know make the get the product out there and get it in front of people yeah we're excited about it i you know if i'm being candid with you it would be great if mortgage rates were lower and supply was higher um because i think gravy works you know even better when affordability is in a more healthy spot um but we help make the most of the current situation for every one of our members and put them in the best spot to succeed we can, um, which we're super pumped on because we don't think that there's a, a lot of tools out there that are built for the person that wants to buy a house three months to three years from now. Everything is really built for the person that can and will buy today. And we just take a little bit of a longer view um, and people seem to dig it. Well, hey, well, we're going to shift here a little bit to the bottom of the show for a segment I like to call For the Future. For the futures, when I get to ask each guest who comes in show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. You ready to play? Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what does gravy look like one year from now? I think it's a lot of the same. It is building our network of first-time homebuyer advocates, which in my mind are first and foremost lenders and agents who have clients that need help reaching their goal of home ownership. And, and we measure our success more than any other metric in terms of how many families buy their first home. And so that kind of North Star for us will be 
continuing to grow over the next year, building out our network of folks on all the different sides of the marketplace here. I'm excited about um, potentially getting into the employer space. I think employers contributing towards their employees' goals of homeownership is a really powerful um, tool for recruitment and retention that is more exciting to me than a 401k, uh, helping someone buy a house now rather than um, cash out a 401k when they're 65 seems to make sense. So that's just an example of all of the different folks that we're trying to pull into the equation here to help first-time homebuyers succeed and win. And so it's more of the same. We're going to help more and more people month over month um, from here on out buy their first home. We want to be the, the best way to buy your first house full stop. And so it's just continuing to execute on that mission. Question number two, and I know this is like total crystal ball here. What percent of buyers will be first time buyers throughout the year 2023? I'm going to say, so the historical trend line is like a third and it's actually pretty consistent. Um, so the best answer is probably just to stick with uh, what history has held for us. But if the entirety of 2023 looks like right now, um, where mortgage rates are really high and homeowners aren't moving because they've got really great mortgages, I could see half of home purchases being first-time buyers or even more. As millennials say, the rent is too damn high and they figure out ways to get into houses, um, hopefully with the help of gravy. So I think it's only going up um, and uh, I could see it being 50% or more next year. Millennials Personal. ruin everything. Ugh, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that, you know, because we're... Anyway, uh, number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? So this is a little adjacent to prop tech and more real estate macro centric. Um, but I think everyone loves the idea of accessibility of home ownership and affordable housing. But the, the trend that I think will continue that I want to go away is nimbyism. There's just so much not in my backyard ism going on where folks say, yeah, let's do affordable housing. Let's um, open up access to home ownership, but just like, you know, do it in South Dakota. Don't do it here in Boston. And I don't think that is the solution that is going to solve what is a large scale problem. There is not enough access to home ownership in this country, and it's really going to take all of us to improve the supply side of the equation in a meaningful way. And that's going to come with everybody needing to make, whether it's real or perceived sacrifices about you know, letting it into their backyard, which I think we all should because it, it creates that rising tide that lifts all boats. So not necessarily prop tech, but that's just something I, I think about often when it comes to the supply side of the equation and what might be holding us back today that I'm hopeful will not hold us back forever. Yeah. Uh, I have to move on because I have so many opinions in that and uh, I tend to agree with you, but they go pretty far and we don't have time. <laughs> Last one here on For the Future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? I think tech is just going to 
keep on driving down costs for consumers in a really meaningful way. I think Gravy's leading this with our rewards program, and there are a lot of other folks who are making you know, the mortgage transaction better, faster, cheaper. Um, and all of that will, I hope, serve to make it easier to buy a house um, and less complicated, less daunting, less costly. So for me, I just see technology continuing to drive down that cost curve for consumers uh, in a really powerful way and not just you know, let's make the, it more efficient to underwrite a mortgage. We need a few less people. But I also, you know, to nerd out with you a little bit, since I know you're a marketing guy, I think there's a smarter way to spend customer acquisition dollars. And to us, that looks like put those dollars actually in the consumer's pocket to drive loyalty. And that can be the mechanism to acquire users. Uh, and so I think that there's going to be a really interesting shakeout here, hopefully, where a lot of the, you know, the venture spigot that has gone towards um, paid acquisition will hopefully ultimately find its way into the pockets of consumers um, in a much more um, meaningful way than currently where a lot of that goes into Zuck's pocket and, uh, and, <laughs> and Tim Cook's. Um, I think there's a smarter way from a customer acquisition perspective to say, hey, our incentives are aligned. We want you as a customer. You want the thing that we sell. I don't want to spend $1,000 in CAC on Facebook. I'll give you $500 in credits for signing up right here and all of a sudden everybody wins. So I think there's a bunch of different vectors that are really going to drive down costs for consumers uh, that will make access to homeownership much more widely available and I think to, to circle back to my earlier point about the, the net worth of a renter versus a homeowner, the overarching reason why Gravy needs to exist like in the way that we see the world, every incremental first-time homebuyer that we move from the renter bucket into the homeowner bucket, we see as a 40x wealth creation event. And I think that is honestly the ticket to solving a lot of the socioeconomic inequality issues that face our country. And so that's what we're here to help do. Um, and I think technology is going to play a huge role in that. I appreciate the vision on a, a larger impact other than just uh, big business. Um, well, we're going to shift into the final three questions here. These are so our listeners get to know more about you, Will. First one is, what are you reading? The honest answer, uh, <laughs> I read Peppa Pig's Rainbow about four times last night to my daughter, um, which rounds us out to about 400 times in the last two weeks. Um, so not necessarily hard hitting, uh, business literature, but that's honestly what's on the nightstand right now. Um, Hey, I, there you go. Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I could come up with a, a smarter answer to make you think that I'm, you know, nose deep in, you know, Ray Dalio's latest book, uh, which I had to put down after a few chapters and he came out with a great YouTube video to explain the whole thing. So I didn't have to read it all. Um, but candidly, Peppa Pig's rainbow. There it is. That's the first on the show. I appreciate it. <laughs> Number two here, who are you learning from? Um, I would say I'm going to give the generic answer, which is customers and prospects. But I, you know, my hack, I spend 10 bucks a day on Facebook ads that essentially ask first time home buyers, what's your biggest challenge? write it in and I'll give you an answer or some advice. 
And so I just every day get, you know, four or five people that tell me a little bit about their home buying journey, where they're at and what they're facing. And that just helps like fine tune uh, the, the product vision that we need to bring to bear to help folks succeed. But more than anything, just really humanizes the problem and how far reaching and different it can be for different folks. So that's super important for me, just keeping kind of the, the voice of customer um, front and center in a lot of ways. That's my little hack for just getting a daily you know, sense for what people are, are looking at and up against and, and wondering and, and then trying to figure out how we can help solve that stuff for them. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three of the last three here. What inspires you? Uh, back to Peppa Pig here. I'll say um, it's my family. Like I, I work um, decently hard and starting a company is exceptionally difficult. Um, and just going home at the end of the night and, you know, seeing smiles on faces and realizing that, uh, there are more important things than, you know, uh, gravy's daily active users in any given moment in time, uh, is pretty inspiring for me and, and puts it all in context. So I know we're working on something important here at gravy, but it's also just inspiring to see, uh, a couple little girls, two and five months, just like smile for, you know, because Peppa Pig rolled in the, the mud at the end of the rainbow book for the 400th time. So, uh, I love it. It, it makes me appreciate the journey, um, because it's, <laughs> it's not easy to start a company. So I, I appreciate you, uh, and having this podcast no, and getting these no. stories out here. Cause it, it helps a lot to hear from other folks that are grinding it out and doing the same thing and learning from what went right and what went wrong and, and, uh, you know, getting the, the spirit to keep going. Yeah. All right. Well, final, this is actually a bonus question. I had to toss it in here. What's your favorite type of gravy? Oh man, this is going to be embarrassing um, because as someone with the title of chief gravy officer, I should know this, but I didn't know there were different types of gravy. Mushroom gravy. You got a brown gravy, beef gravy, chicken gravy. You got sausage gravy for your sausages and biscuits. Uh, are they all brown? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. Uh, chicken gravy tends to have like a more creamier, uh, off-white tannish color. Your beef gravy is going to be that like dark, rich, bold. So I am a stuffing guy and I put gravy and cranberries on top of my stuffing. So I'm going to go more of an application hey, oh, of gravy. Um, of course, gravy rewards are my favorite type of gravy. Um, but uh, when it There when it, it comes, is. That's the right answer. When it gravy comes rewards to eating gravy, one. it's gravy with cranberries on stuffing at Thanksgiving Thursday meal, which is my favorite holiday. There it is. Uh, Will, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you just kind of like opening up everything and really appreciate your experience and perspective. I think you bring a lot to, um, you know, not just the work that you're doing at Gravy, but you provide a lot into PropTech. I think shining a lot of different angles and lights here. Uh, before we close out the show, people who want to connect to you, learn more about Gravy, where do they go? How do they do that? Yeah, uh, check out Gravy at www.gravy.co. Uh, is our website. You can go to the App Store, either Apple App Store or Google Play Store to download the app. Uh, my email is will at gravy.co. Drop me a line. We'd love to chat with you. Boom. There it is. Uh, I hope that uh, we'll have a chance to meet up at one of these uh, PropTech events uh, around the ways. Um, but until then, we'll see you later. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. You can always get future episodes delivered to you directly by subscribing to the podcast in your favorite app store. You can also join the newsletter. Head over to technest.io or finledger.com slash newsletters to get all future episodes, updates, and more sent to you right in your inbox. Last but not least, we appreciate your support. Please go ahead and give us a rating and review in your app store. This helps others discover the podcast and know that it's a great, worthy listen. We'll see you next week.